We thank you. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you are our first love, but only because you loved us first. God, we thank you for the way that you moved towards us first. God, I thank you for the way that you yearn to be in relationship with us, for the way that you lean towards us. And God, I thank you that you expect nothing of us except just to love you back. God, we thank you this morning for technology, which allows all of this to be possible. But even more than that, we thank you for your love, which makes our lives possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning and welcome to church this morning. Um, we're going to enter into a time of communion uh, straight away this morning. Um, hopefully you have prepared something. If not, run away quickly now um, and grab something that you can share communion with. I was reflecting uh, this week that the Bible is many things. Um, it is God's love letter to us. Um, it is also incredibly deep uh, inexhaustibly deep we can be studying the bible every single day of our lives until until the end and we will not run out of things that will surprise us and that will um, delight us and that will just be fresh to us every single day it's unplumbable uh, but also um, i spoke a while ago about how the bible has this really simple narrative through it which is almost like one of those child's board books you know that has like four pages to it and, and each of those pages is like a significant part of the Bible story. And so maybe on page one, it would be God created everything and it was good. On page two, there'd be um, sin entering the world and everything went very bad. Um, and what we're remembering this morning in communion is what happens on the third page when Jesus comes, when God sends Jesus and he dies for us and is resurrected and everything else changes for us. Um, I will exaggerate. There's probably about six pages in that book, really. There's another couple of high, high points that you'd probably want to hit there. But then on the last page is when Jesus comes again um, and all of our eternity is realized in that moment. So we're just going to focus on that third page today as we look at communion and share it together. I was also thinking this week that there are um, two, well, there are many kinds of loves, but the, the two that I was thinking about this week, there is a love which seeks value and seeks beauty in the loved thing. Um, and then there is a love which imparts value and imparts beauty to the loved thing. And obviously the, the love that God has for us is that second love. He imparts everything to us with his love. He doesn't expect us to be beautiful and then he loves us. He loves us and his love changes everything about us and we become beautiful, we become lovely, uh, we become valued. God's love changes us. It changes our hearts. It changes everything about who we are. It changes us into lovely creatures, loved creatures. And it is that kind of love that I hope you get a glimpse of this morning. It really fills us. God's love fills us and it changes us so that if people don't behave perfectly to us, if people don't love us back perfectly, it doesn't matter so much because God loves us perfectly. God fills us perfectly. And we kind of operate out of that um, overflow of the love that God has poured into our hearts. 
We're just going to um, take these really simple elements this morning. And um, the, the meal that we remember in doing this is the Last Supper, uh, when Jesus last ate with his disciples and where he um, instructed them to, to do this again in remembrance of him. And I'll just read to you from 1 Corinthians 11:23, and it says this, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So just as we take these simple elements this morning, which are uh, purely symbolic of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, I just ask you to remember how God loves you. He loves you and he imparts lovely goodness to you. He imparts value to you. He imparts beauty to you. And that will change you if you let it. Um, So just allow that love to come into your heart this morning, maybe for the first time, maybe again. Um, Allow that love to fill you and change you, change your heart and change the way you are able to love other people. And as we remember, we remember um, Jesus' resurrection as well. Um, Just remember that he gave everything for you, that God gave everything he had for you, his most precious gift. And he will therefore not withhold anything from you again. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your love which changes us, for your love which changes everything. God, we know that your love is extravagant. It holds nothing back because you gave everything that you had to be in relationship with us. God, I pray this morning that we get um, just a small glimpse of the love that you have for us, the uh, just extravagant way that you love us and for the way that our lives can be different because of that love which is poured into us. God, we thank you for everything that you've done for us and everything that you are in Jesus' precious name. I invite you to take the elements um, during this next song and um, just remember Jesus' sacrifice for you. Welcome to church again. Um, Just a few announcements for you. Uh, Obviously, everyone is online this morning and um, uh, if you can be checking in to the online service, that would be fabulous for us. It would great to have a week where our check-ins match who we actually know was um, chatting in uh, in the online platform or whatever. So whatever platform you're on, please check in now to the online service. That would be great. Also, just um, a little aside, how best are we to have such versatile people in our church? And I'm wondering how churches go who don't have a pastor who can also piano and sing and mix the sound all at the same time. Um, It must be really, really difficult for those churches because we are only allowed five people in the building and Brad is being about four people apart from that. Um, (laughs) There's there's a few of us here, but anyway, we have a good time here when it's like a little tight team like this. It's so fun. Um, Anyway, um, back to what's on on my list of things to say. So, We have our takeover service next Sunday. Um, 
<laughs> so it's kind of a generational thing. So there'll be um, kids and youth and like all the generations kind of mixed up together next week. So um, it's looking like that will be at least partially online. Um, we're lucky that we have technology that can assist us with that. But anyway, we will keep you up to date with how that is actually going to look next week um, during the week as we know what we're allowed to do. So, um, but it will still, it will go ahead and it'll be fun and exciting and we'll get to see some of the the fun things that our generations ministries get to do um, while we're in here um that's about all most most of what you need to know about um church life is in your newsletter so hopefully you're receiving that if you're not receiving a church newsletter from us it's because we don't have your details or we don't have you tagged correctly in our system so uh, make sure you feed that back to us and we can make that happen for you um, there's just one little thing which I forgot to ask Brad if I could talk about, but anyway, I'll talk about it anyway. <laughs> He's cool. Um, we've had a request from, uh, there's a group of Ni Vanuatu living out at Warwick at the moment, and they're here uh, picking vegetables. Um, but because it's winter, they don't have a lot of work, so they're, they're struggling. And some of them haven't been here all that long. Um, and the request that we've had is for cooking pots and pans. Um, so if you feel like you would be able to contribute to that, uh, please let me know. Um, my details are in the newsletter. You can contact me. So if you could let me know whether you'd be able to help out. I'm thinking we buy new ones, uh, probably from Target or something like that, just because they have nothing to cook with at the moment. So um, let me know if you feel like you'd be able to help with that. Anyway, we can sort something out. Okay, let's pray together as a church family. Um, our offering is obviously entirely uh, by direct credit today. Um, but make sure um, that you're still being faithful in that area. That would be fantastic. Um, last year, in 2020, despite all of the restrictions and everything, um, our offering uh, stayed really high all, all year. And this year, perhaps it's a little bit lower. Um, I'm not sure why that is. But um, please consider uh, being faithful uh, with what God has blessed you with and consider um, continuing to uh, sow into the work, the ministry of this church in our community. And let's join together in prayer. God, we thank you uh, this morning that we can gather in your name. Uh, despite restrictions that are on us, God, uh, we can still gather. We can still uh, meet as your family online. And we're still able to uh, stream this service. God, I pray that you continue to speak through um, even this online service. God, we know that you are not held back by geography or technology, uh, that you can be ministering to people in their homes where they are right now. So, God, we thank you for that. Uh, God, we pray for our church family and uh, for those who have maybe uh, struggled uh, a little bit this week. People have had very different weeks. Um, some people have really enjoyed this past week and other people have um, been through some difficult times and have really struggled with being so restricted even. God, we pray particularly for uh, those who need a healing touch from you. And we think um, particularly of Nathan, who will be having his seventh round of chemo starting tomorrow. And God, we pray for their whole family and for Anna. 
who will be with him and um, celebrating her birthday by watching her little boy have his seventh round of chemo. So, God, I pray that you wrap your arms tightly around that little family, um, that you will have your arms wrapped around Anna especially uh, tomorrow as she um, celebrates her birthday in a way that she wouldn't probably wish to do. And God, our love and our prayers are with them at this time and for Peter and James as they're here in Gippsland. And God, we pray for for others who need a healing touch from you that you know uh, that we don't. Uh, For people who are anxious about whether their surgeries will go ahead this week, um, God, I pray that your, your peace is with them and God, as, as people are struggling with uh, being disconnected from loved ones and uh, from friends, God, I pray that you uh, be with them also, that you will uh, be loving them, that they will feel a real sense of your presence in their life and uh, that you will uh, continue to lead and guide them. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunities we have to minister to people in your name. And God, we thank you for the way that you love us so extravagantly and abundantly that makes everything else that we do possible. God, we thank you for um, the ministry that Cell Baptist Church has in our community and also overseas. And uh, God, we thank you that you continue to bless the work of our hands as we minister in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Over to you, Brad. Fantastic. Are we on? We're on. Oh, we're getting a pulpit change. Here we go. So what happens? We've got stage manager Kristen and worship leader Kristen. Ben's operating about five cameras down there as well and switching them all. Well, good morning. Let me add to to Jackie's welcome. It's great to have you with us this morning. Uh, I'm just going to give the tech team just one second, just to make sure this mic's coming through loud enough for you. Uh, If it's not, quickly chat in the comments and just say, turn it up. If if it's all good, just give us a thumbs up. Um, Up, down, no good, can't hear it on the stream. Change mics, you think? Change mics. Stand by. Quick. We'll try this. Is that better? All right. We'll try that. Apparently it was working. Don't mind us. We know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. All right. I'm going to read... um, some scripture to you. Uh, we're continuing, we're calling this revision and we're calling this week three. Uh, and I'm going to continue to talk about this idea of discipleship uh, that I started on last week. Um, and I want to read a very familiar passage that you'll probably roll your eyes at and you'll probably think, I don't want to hear this anymore. I've heard this scripture too many times, um, especially around discipleship. But I want to read it and then I want to talk about something that maybe um, is a bit different, if you bear with me. So Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Um, it says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that we can gather around it, that we can hear it, that we can understand it. And God, we pray that your Holy Spirit might help us to take it to heart this morning. Help us to take it beyond just some words on a page or words on a screen and help us to to embrace them with our whole life, with our faith and with our action. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you if you've ever um, been told this or you've ever told someone this to, to clean up something. Maybe if you've got kids, a classic one is to clean your room or clean your teeth or clean whatever, wipe your bottom properly, um, whatever it is. And I think the clean the room is, is a classic one of, of this. I know if I tell our boys this, go clean your room sometimes. I mean, they're getting better at it, but sometimes you'll say, clean your room. I don't want anything on the floor. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and their version of that is, well, if you don't want anything on the floor, I'll just pick up everything on the floor and put it on my bed or on a chair in my room. And so um, you walk back in and think, well, it's not really clean. You've just moved the mess from one spot to another spot now, clean your bed without messing up your floor. Um, and so they think that their version of, of cleaning the room is, is what you've asked for when, in fact, it isn't what you've asked for. I think sometimes in our Christian walk, we hear this thing of make disciples or disciple people, and we have in our mind what it is. Um, but when Jesus taught his disciples and when um, he gave us his great commission, he had something different in mind it's like we've got part of the answer and and especially in the in the west in our western culture i think we sort of miss a part of what it is to make disciples um maybe some of us have make disciples as a well that means i've got to invite people to church that's really the answer so that they can hear about jesus and and then they'll become christians and then they'll um learn the bible and maybe that's what uh, we think make disciples is, and, and that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to invite people to church, and uh, especially now that we're online, I know that we've, we've probably got new people um, tuning in this morning for the very first time, so if that's you, welcome. Great to have you. Um, be great if you said hi in the comments, but totally understand if you don't want to. Um, make, uh, sometimes inviting people to church might be the, the answer, or sometimes we think make disciples is, well, they've, we've got to teach them the Bible. That's really what discipleship is all about. It's about really good Bible studies, really good in-depth Bible studies where we really unpack God's Word and we get to know all there is to know about God's Word. Um, And again, that's good. It's not bad to do those things, but I I don't think that's the whole answer. And when When we look at the command here, the command is make disciples. The command is that is the one command. In, in, in what Jesus tells us to do, the command is not go. The command is make disciples. And, and really, it's like, as you go, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them. Make disciples, as you go, baptize them, and teach them. I don't know if you know much about church history. There was a, a big event in church history um, about 500 years ago called the Reformation. And we're not going to talk about the Reformation this morning, don't worry. Um, or maybe you're like, damn, I want to hear about the Reformation. Part of the Reformation, this is a point I want to make, part of the Reformation it was around education. 
a big part of it was around this this push to put to take the Bible out of the pulpits and put it in the hands of believers, to put it in the hands of every person. And part of that was teaching people the ability to read the Bible for themselves. Uh, it was a largely illiterate sort of um, culture back back in those days, and people couldn't read for themselves, and they definitely couldn't read Latin, um, where the Bible was sort of translated into Latin, and you had to be able to read Latin to understand the Bible. And then part of this whole thing was the Reformation, them understanding how to read, getting it translated, and so on and so forth. And and from that education um, of how to read, uh, we really began to see our schooling as we know it today develop from that point. It was it was really around this idea of Christians, the, the Protestants, um, bringing in education into our uh, childhood ages so that they could read well, ultimately so they could understand the Bible, ultimately so they could be saved and um, go on to flourish in their walk with God. And, and from that moment, schooling and education has obviously morphed and changed. Now it's sort of ironically to a point where Bibles are now being taken out of schools and then that's the whole reason they were originally set up. Different message for a different day. Um, but all to say that the, our understanding of discipleship has largely been shaped by this foundation, that discipleship has become largely around education, understanding the Bible, that we really need to teach the Bible to young people in a way that they understand it. It's about good teaching. That's what discipleship is primarily about, is that you want to find a church with good teaching, with sound Bible teaching, deep understanding of the Bible. I mean, it's, and if you can understand the Greek and the Hebrew, um, if you can get all these things in order in your mind and really comprehend it, then you'll be a good disciple. And we want our kids, we want ourselves, we want all those in our church to be under this really good teaching, to be out under to be able to read the Bible, understand it properly in its context. And especially in our Western culture, education is everything. If you aren't educated, then um, you're behind. You're behind everybody else. You're behind where you should be. And we place so much emphasis on it. And that, has, and that creeps into our church. And, and the problem is that education doesn't make disciples. 500 years ago, when there wasn't as big a push for education, there were still really good disciples of Jesus. People who could never read the Bible for themselves were still really good disciples of Jesus. People who never understood the Hebrew or the Greek or never sat in a, around in a, in a group and studied the Bible in a Bible study group were really good disciples of Jesus. And so when we think about discipleship and when we primarily think about education, knowing more, understanding more, uh, we're sort of like the child who hears clean the room and we move the clothes and the mess from the floor to the bed. We sort of miss the point. We achieve sort of part of it. We, we technically clean the floor, but we, we miss the main point of what we're actually being commanded to do. So let's read this Great Commission again and let's just point out a, a key phrase I think we need to hear. So it's Matthew 28. 18 and 20, Jesus told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. 
And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Teach these new disciples to obey. I think we sometimes hear teach, and really it was teach to obey. That was the main point. Um, a couple of other translations, if you don't like the New Living Translations, like, oh, Brad, that's not deep enough. Uh, it's too airy-fairy. Give us the ESV. Okay, let's see. It says in the ESV, teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. Uh, still not content with that. Let's go back to the original language that Jesus spoke in, King James. He says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. No matter which way, and by the way, Jesus didn't speak in King James. Um, <clears throat> that was a joke, in case you aren't aware. Jesus didn't speak English. Um, the point is this, no matter which way you dissect it, no matter which, how deeply you dive into this word, the point is pretty simple. It's teach to observe, teach to obey. This word observe, here's some Hebrew for you, means to take care of, to attend to, to keep. Here is some good education for you. It's not teaching to understand, no matter which way you pull this apart. It's not teach to comprehend, not teach to understand. It's teach to keep, teach to obey, teach to observe, teach to do what I've commanded you. And this is the life that Jesus modelled. This is the life he modelled. Jesus was obedient. Jesus wasn't a great scholar. He didn't come with uh, education reform. He came with a lifestyle reform, with an obedience mindset, with what he knew and heard, he obeyed. John John chapter 5, verse 19, Jesus says so clearly, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the Father doing, Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Jesus was in, the, um, in this frame, frame of mind of obeying whatever the Father told him to do. And so often we get caught in the trap, I get caught in the trap as well, that transformation of our discipleship, uh, sorry, it's transformation around our, ourselves and around each other, what we might call discipleship, happens when we know more. But it's only half the equation. It's only half the equation. Um, I've got a whiteboard here. Let me... Oh, blackboard, actually. Hopefully you can see this on screen. But let's say this is our understanding. I'm picking easy words that I can spell. And then we want to see transformation. Transform, or I've probably got that wrong, haven't I? Is there an R in transformation? Don't look too closely. We want to take our, what we know, we might call that revelation, we might call that understanding, we might call that knowledge, and we want to take it to transformation. We want to be changed by what we know. Um, and we, we put this in a value, right? We, this is one of our church values, the last one. Ready as we are, growing as we go, God uses ordinary people to achieve extraordinary things. We are changing to become more like Jesus. We are changing to become more like Jesus. We, we want this transformation. But the point is this, that the link between these, I think, these two ideas, the overlap is this idea of obedience. 
we change as we obey, as we go. That's why we put, ready as we are, growing as we go. We change as we go. When we do with what we know, we become more like Jesus. It changes us. And so this idea is this linking circle is obey or obedience, but there's not enough room to write that. And so our understanding has to change the way we act, change the way we live, so that transformation takes place. Jesus clearly talked about this as well. Matthew 7, verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching, hears my teaching, understands my teaching, and follows it is wise. Not just the person who understands it, but the person who follows it is wise. They're like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, another way to put it, is foolish, like a, building, like a person who builds a house on sand. The whole point of what Jesus did and, and the change that he brought in his disciples was a lifestyle of obedience. Now, you might hear what I'm saying and think, that's kind of bad, but that is a dangerous path to go down because it sounds awfully like the law. It sounds awfully like a law-based mentality when you say that you have to obey. This idea is not around our being saved. It's not around uh, how we get into God's kingdom. But really, it's around how God transforms us once we're in His kingdom. We need the Spirit to work in us, to transform us, to give us the faith to, to be saved. And the Spirit uses and cooperates with our obedience and transforms us as we do to become more like Jesus. It's, but even still, it's not around, the whole point is not education alone. Uh, Romans 8 verse 7 to 8 says this, it talks about the sinful nature is always hostile to God, it didn't obey God's law, it never will. That's why those who are under the control of sinful nature can never please God. And so it's clear that we can't just muster up all our strength and just go, well, I'm just going to obey everything Jesus did. We still need the Spirit to work that miracle in us. We still need the Holy Spirit at work in us. There is no doubt that faith is what saves us and changes us. But faith requires action. Faith requires that we do um, what we say we believe. When we put our faith in something, we act upon it. Jesus tells us to trust him with our lives, our time, our money. So faith is letting him have control in all our life. And as we let go of control and, we, and as we trust him more, as we obey, we are changed. God uses our faith through obedience to transform us. I think it's, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not someone who knows about these sorts of things, so just use this as an analogy and don't take this as medical truth. It's like speaking, I think. You know, we've got our voice box or vocal cords, I think, in our throat that produces the sound, but our mouth needs to move for it to work. Our mouth doesn't produce the sound. It might amplify the sound, but it lets this, uh, our mouth lets the sound out. It gives it context. It gives it meaning, but it's really our vocal cords, our, our voice box that produces the sound. It's the same in this idea. It's our faith that produces the change. The Holy Spirit, through our faith, produces the change, but it's our obedience, our mouth, that allows it to come out. And so here's the point. Hopefully you got this from last week, and if you didn't, I'm trying to make the same point again in a different way. Is that 
we aren't lacking in our education in the discipleship process. I don't think we need more in-depth Bible studies, and I'm not saying that you can't have an in-depth Bible study. Do it. Study the Bible. Know it deeply. Know it well. But what we really need is uh, an obedience mindset, is that when we have what we know, we take what we know, and we put it into action. And that we teach people not to understand, but we teach people to obey. It's much simpler and much harder to do this. It's much simpler in the sense that you don't need to um, go to Bible college. You don't need to have a, a profound ability to unpack and understand scriptures. But it's much harder because it actually requires us to do what we read, to, to put into action the things that we understand. And so last week I talked about these two questions that we can, we can use in the process of discipleship. is What is God saying? What do we understand? What are we going to do about it? What do we understand? What do we know? What do we read? And what will we do? And as a result, we'll see that transformation. Then we do that again and do it again and again. And that is the discipleship process and that's how we can all get involved in making disciples if I ask my boys to to clean their rooms and I come back two hours later and they say oh dad you don't listen to this I have been studying how to clean my room for two hours you won't you you won't believe what I found out and I can say it in Hebrew I can say it in Greek it's like that's not what I want I want you to clean your room. It's like, all right, and they go back, Dad, I've, I've, read, I've read a book. I've written a book. I went to a conference. I, I got some mates around and we, we talked about how to clean the room. It's missing the point. Clean your room. I think so much, um, so, so often we just need to take the simple idea that Jesus said and just put it into action. Just do as to do. And as a result, we'll see a, a transformation happen in our own life, in our Christian community, amongst our church, amongst our family. Of course, we need to study. Of course, we need to um, understand different things, but that's only part of the equation. A big part of it is when we live a lifestyle of obedience, when we do with what we know. Our faith is actioned, and we're transformed as a result. We stumble as we go. We don't, it's not a perfect process, but we are transformed. We stumble, we grow as we go, and we become more like Jesus. I pray that you'd take this message to heart and that we as a church, we as a, as a community of believers can really um, put this into action, to, to read and to, to, to obey, to um, hold each other accountable as we do. And so let me pray as uh, we close this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and we thank you that you have made it accessible to all of us. God, that you don't you didn't call us to uh, an amazing um, intellect or an amazing ability to understand, but you call us to a, a lifestyle of obedience to you, a lifestyle of faith. And you change us from the inside out as we do what you've called us to do. 
And God, this is for all of us. God, we all get to go on this journey together. God, we fail, but you still give us grace. You still help us back up and change us as we go. And so, God, we just pray that you would help us to to take this word seriously and to take it with the the understanding that we we can do it. You've called us to do it, and you don't call us to fail. You call us to a lifestyle of of obedience, one of transformation. And so, God, that's what we... That's what we want to do. We want to be the people you've called us to be. We want to be the church you've called us to be. Would you help us to do that? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, Next week is our takeover service. Whatever um, restrictions we have, we will still have a takeover service in some way, shape or form, and it's going to be fun. Uh, So don't miss out next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Have a great week. We'll see you then.